From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Happy summer, everybody. It's beautiful, right? This right now, we're, we're in the perfect place. This is, this is actually real summer in Brooklyn. How's your summer? It's going pretty well. I mean, you know, the kids are out of school, so that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? You got to see their little shiny faces every morning, every evening. <laughs> that's right. I always think it's going to be a relaxing vacation, but it's not. No, it's so, actually more work than I ever do. Is right, because you got you to look at them all the Pay time, right? To them. Yeah. yeah, it's terrible. Do you play games with the kids? Yeah, I have to. You have to. Yeah, what, what, are they, what are they like? <laughs> they keep asking, Daddy, please play a game with me. I'm like, fine. And you're like, I'm not your daddy. <laughs> uh, but you've also been performing, right? I have, yeah. I played recently at the Celebrate Brooklyn in, uh, in Prospect Park, which was... I know. Pretty cool. It was me opening for Super Chunk, opening for Amy Mann, which is a weird bill, but <laughs> we made it work. That's like a, a musical turducken. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Summer in Brooklyn, I think, is... Kind of amazing. Uh, I had also some Canadian, I have, I have Canadian relatives. I'm from Canada. We walk amongst you undetected. And <laughs> they came to visit me. And you know, it's great. They, they come here, they have certain expectations. Uh, and either New York is living up to them or New York, New York is not meeting them. That's kind of how it works. Uh, and of course, this all breaks apart when, of course, you're on the subway. Uh, they took the subway and they were like, what's that smell? And I was like, that is urine and rats. That is. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. I'm like, no, it's urine and rats. That is the smell of when urine and rats meet, they make the smell of an F train. <laughs> so we have four brilliant contestants. They are backstage right now. They're going to be out here playing some of our nerdy games. And we have a game that is all about tourism ads. Do you have a favorite one? You know, I grew up in a, uh, a state that is a big tourist industry. Of course, Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so we didn't have a, didn't have a lot. <laughs> I'm trying to think what people would go to Connecticut for. Insurance, I think. <laughs> yeah, right. Lovely. Uh, we didn't have a lot of tourist ads, but I do remember they tried at some point, uh, and the slogan was, better yet, Connecticut. Which, better yet, Connecticut? I mean, it doesn't even rhyme, so that's problem one. And, and also, really, is, it, is, it always, is Connecticut always better than anything you can think of? Or maybe are there some things that are better than Connecticut? Right, right. Like, should we go swimming in the sewer? Better yet, Connecticut. I have an idea. How about we go to Connecticut instead? That makes sense. That's, that's yeah. the worst. Uh, our special guest tonight is amazing. Uh, singer and actress Darlene Love. Yeah. So excited. Darlene Love, or as my ex would call her, Darlene, I don't believe in labels. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to have a great time. Let's get the games going, everybody. Meet our contestants. First up, Liz Allen. You're a children's librarian. Hello. 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 Thank you. So when you ring in, we're going to hear this. And your opponent is Jeffrey Fastow. You just graduated college. Yep. yep. Hello. Very exciting, huh? Very exciting. So when you ring in, we're going to hear this. All right, Liz and Jeffrey, the first of you who wins two games will move on to our final round. Let's go to our first game. This is a guessing game called Past Food. It's pretty simple. Jonathan and I will describe a discontinued fast food item. You're going to ring in and tell us if it's real or something we made up. Uh, but be careful, because if you're wrong, your opponent will automatically get the point. Here we go. The Pokemon Go Frappuccino, real or fake? Liz. I'm going to say real. Oh, yeah, that's totally real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a tie-in to the 2016 Pokemon Go craze. Yeah. It was a uh, vanilla frappuccino with raspberry syrup and freeze-dried blackberries. Does it taste like a Charmander? <laughs> it tastes like it. <laughs> and afterwards, you might have a case of the Squirtles. <laughs> oh. oh. Boy. <laughs> Pizza Hut's dinner box proposal package. 
It included a ruby engagement ring, a limo, flowers, fireworks show, and a photographer. It cost $10,010. $10,000 for the engagement and $10 for the Pizza Hut dinner. Real or fake? Jeffrey. That's got to be fake. It is actually real. Oh. <laughs> so it was in 2012. Pizza Hut only offered 10 proposal packages, but they did get over 800 serious inquiries. <laughs> I mean, the ruby might be fake. We don't know about the ruby. It might have just been some I don't know glass. why a, a ruby engagement yeah. ring. That seems... Yeah, was it ruby? Was it, was it glassed it's in pepperoni. marinara sauce? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pepperoni on a piece of gold. That might actually work. It's a pizza cut, not a princess cut. It's a pizza cut. Burger King's Choose the Ooze, a kid's meal including green ketchup, green dipping sauce, and a green frozen drink. Jeffrey. Real. Yes, that is real. KFC's popcorn turducken. Deep fried balls of ground turkey stuffed with ground duck stuffed with ground chicken. Real or fake? Jeffrey. Please tell me it's fake. <laughs> it is fake. I, I want it to be real, but it's fake. How about this one? Taco Bell's Bell Beefer. Loose taco meat on a hamburger bun. Real or fake? Jeffrey. Fake. Sorry, that is <sighs> real. I know. All that meat just loose all over the place. Oh, man. Okay. That was a great game. Liz, you won that game, so you're one step closer to the final round. Our next game is about tourism. And by the way, it took me several trips to New York to realize that when friends say, we have room for guests, they mean we have a slowly deflating air mattress in our kitchen. <laughs> Let's check in with our contestants. Liz, so you've also worked a, at a bookstore for eight years. Yes, I did. Uh, and once you caught a guy shoplifting comics. Yes, I did. I, I know, I, I believe my husband has shoplifted comics before. <laughs> it's not uncommon. Yeah, so uh, what happened? Uh, I saw him putting the books into a bag. I asked him if he would like me to hold on to them at the registers. Very nice. Because we don't want to accuse him, right? Um, so he ran out to his car, and I assumed that was it. Uh, he was going to leave. But he came back with a crystal, and he started waving it at me and uh, shouting things that I probably shouldn't repeat on public radio. And I had to call the police. And it turns out he was a known warlock in the area. They were very familiar with him. <laughs> <laughs> known warlock? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's a thing that he does. Jeffrey, you majored in philosophy, uh, but you also love beekeeping. Yes, yes. So where are these bees? Are they in, in your apartment? They or? are actually on the side of our house, right underneath my bedroom window. So I got oh. to know the bees really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you been stung? Oh, multiple times. I actually have a can of Raid on my nightstand, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> wait, okay. a, wait a minute. Yeah, I guess you don't name them. <laughs> 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 so this is an audio quiz called Come Visit. We're going to play a tourism ad. You are going to ring in and identify the place it's trying to get you to visit. Liz, you won the last game, so you win this, and you are in the final round. Jeffrey, if you lose this game, you will win a trip on the NASCAR cruise. Because <laughs> you know what car fans love? Boats. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. What country is this ad for? Now, there's a few things I've got to warn you about. Firstly, you're going to get wet. Because the place is surrounded by water. Oh, and you're going to have to learn to say good day. Liz. Australia? Yeah, that's Australia. Yeah. <laughs> I like that he says, uh, you're going to get wet because it's surrounded by water. Yeah. <laughs> Like, not in the you middle. Don't have to. Yeah, you yeah. Stay. <laughs> I mean, every place is surrounded by water if you go far enough <laughs> That's out. Right. <laughs> Which state is this intense tourism ad for? Tulsa adds Art Deco and Indian culture to Route 66 romance. Legends from Frank Lloyd Wright in Bartlesville. 
to Will Rogers in Claremore. <laughs> Jeffrey. Oklahoma? That's Oklahoma, yeah. It's like pretty rocking. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Will Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this one's a bit different. It's a tourism ad encouraging citizens of a country and not to go abroad for a vacation. Which country? Where are the passports? It's just not worth it, you know. You're supposed to be on holiday. Oh, come on. Why on earth would anyone want to go abroad in 2012? I mean, there are so many events all around the country, like the Queen's Diamond Jubilee. Liz. England? Yeah, that's right. The United Kingdom will accept England. That's weird. That's the seeds of Brexit right there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, this is your last clue. Can you identify the destination this video is about? Antelope feed peacefully on grassy slopes. Woof, woof, a black bear. But don't worry, he's friendly. He won't bother you. For many years, Old Faithful has played with average regularity every 65 minutes. Liz. Oh, boy. Okay. I feel like it's talking about Yellowstone. Yeah, it's talking about Yellowstone National Park. That is correct. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I'm sure you heard that woof, woof, a black bear. No, That uh, That is not what bears say. No. No, and they're not friendly. It's like, don't worry, he's friendly. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's He's a bear. Yeah, he's a bear. Don't talk to him. He doesn't woof, and uh, don't go near him. He won't bother you. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yeah, stop falling asleep with steaks in your face. He's going to (laughs) bother you. Great game, and Liz, you won, so you're headed to the final round. Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Liz in our final round, and I'll talk to Darlene Love, who is one of Rolling Stone's top 100 singers of all time. She's listed right between Patti Smith and me after a vodka in my shower. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for Ask Me Another and the following message comes from Fracture. Fracture turns your favorite digital memories into meaningful photo decor by printing them directly on glass. They come ready to display out of the box, including the wall hanger or optional stand. Fracture prints are handmade in Gainesville, Florida. Give a unique gift or focus on the moments that tell your story. Ask Me Another listeners can save 15% on their first order by visiting FractureMe.com ask. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from ZipRecruiter. Hiring is challenging, but ZipRecruiter can make it simple, smart, and fast. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 job boards with one click. Then it scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. Try for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash another. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. When the Supreme Court heard the travel ban case this spring... Donald Trump, President of the United States versus Hawaii. One family's story came up in oral arguments. This is a 10-year-old daughter in Yemen with cerebral palsy who wants to come to the United States to save her life. What happens to that girl and her family? On the next Embedded. On the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. She's a legendary singer who has collaborated with just about everybody. She was featured in the Oscar-winning documentary, 20 Feet from Stardom, and she's part of the new album, Where No One Stands Alone, inspired by Elvis Presley's love of gospel music. Please welcome Darlene Love. Hey! (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I want to start right from the beginning. You grew up as a preacher's daughter. Yes. Uh, When did you discover non-gospel music? I uh, didn't do it at home, that's for sure. <laughs> no, uh, we couldn't listen to rock and roll or rhythm and blues or any of that kind of music growing up in my family. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't allowed. They call it the devil's music. 
I don't know what they called theirs when they were growing up. But when we were coming up, that's what they <laughs> yeah. called ours. So I had girlfriends who would listen to the rhythm and blues stations. So that's where I started listening and all the music that I end up loving today. When Morgan Neville, who is the director of 20 Feet from Stardom, was having the you know idea that he wants to do this documentary, uh, and you were the very first interview, and then supposedly he reported back to the producers... I don't know what documentary we could do about backup singers, but we could do an entire documentary about Darlene Love. (laughs) When he came to talk to you, was there something very specific that you wanted the world to know about the world of being a backup singer? We see everything. I bet you do. We saw a whole lot. You know, we saw <laughs> the other side of what people don't see, you know, because they see the artists when they're on the stage. We're 20 feet behind, but we behind, too. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we know about the parties. We know about everything that the entertainers do. And we knew their families, you know, so what they did on the road, <laughs> they did on the road. <laughs> uh, I mean, is there a kind of tale that would be okay to share? Is there of course a, yeah, not. Are okay. you kidding me? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do say, when I worked with Tom Jones, it was a lot of fun. And he used to have all these parties, you know, after the show was over. But the group I was singing with, the Blossoms, we would never go to the parties because we heard what they did at the parties. Ah. So one night, Tom Jones came down to our room with his bodyguard and said, how come y'all don't come to our parties? We said, because we heard y'all be doing a whole lot of things at the parties with ladies, and we don't want to be a part of that. And he said, we don't do that kind of stuff. Come on. So we started going to their parties, and they were very nice. But every time the Blossoms got ready to leave, they would say, the Blossoms are gone. Come on, ladies. Come on out. <laughs> right. So you learn how to take care of yourself when you're on the road. It was great for the Blossoms because we were the three girls. We kind of protected one another because there were times when it, it got a little rough out there, you know, with gentlemen. Sure. I'm calling them gentlemen. Now it was jackasses. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> now, you started with the Blossoms when you were 16 years old? 16, yes. Everyone knows the hit, He's a Rebel. Right. Uh, which you were brought in to sing. Yes. But it was credited not as the Blossoms, it was credited as the Crystals. Right. Because they were on tour. Well, they were very young. Yeah. You know, they were like 13 and 14 years old. We were 18, 19 years old when we recorded He's a Rebel. So Phil didn't want to fly them all out to California. Phil being Phil Spector, Spector, the very famous producer, very uh, problematic producer. uh, Yeah. (laughs) And uh, Phil was looking for someone to sing lead. He taught me the song, He's a Rebel, in the recording studio. We went in the next day and recorded the song. And I told him, that song stinks. Ain't nobody going to buy that song. (laughs) So I said, I'm I'm making you pay me now. So I asked for $3,000 to record He's a Rebel, right? And then I told him, honey, ain't nobody going to buy this record but your mother. That record went on to be a number one record and sell over three million copies. But guess what? I took Phil Spector to court, I sued him, and now I get royalties from He's a Rebel. Yes! So, speaking of uh, making money and making your way, in 1982, you leave the Blossoms, and you decide you're going out on your own, and things are a little bit tough. Very tough. Yeah. Um, You were cleaning houses for a little while in Beverly Hills. Yes. But you're parking your Mercedes down the block, right? Like things are good and bad at the same time, sort of. They can't have a maid clean their house that have a Mercedes. (laughs) Anyway, I would park it down at, at the bottom of the hill, and I'd walk up to the lady's house to clean it. But one day I almost got caught because it was raining cats and dogs. And she says, I'll take you down to the bus stop. And I go, no, 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 no. It's okay, I don't mind walking. It's not, you know, I need the exercise. She says, no, I will take you down. I went, okay. So I let her drive me to the bus stop and I sat there until she was out of sight. And then I went and got in my car. <laughs> 
And so at one moment you just decided, I've had enough of this and I'm going to move to New York and, and just... Well, you know, a wonderful thing happened while I was cleaning this one lady's bathroom. It was during the holiday season and my record came on the radio. Christmas baby, please come home. And I just looked up and I said, okay, I hear you. I'm out of here. <laughs> Not that I think anything's wrong with that kind of work, but I was given this gift and I wanted to use it. And I yeah. moved to New York over 30 years ago and voila, here I am in <laughs> Brooklyn. <laughs> and so, of course, yes, people know you as the uh, Christmas queen from <laughs> 25 years on David Letterman. How did that meeting first happen? And we were doing a show, and Paul Schaefer invited David down to see the show one night. And the next night, he went back to his show, and he said, I just heard the greatest Christmas song I've just unbelievable. And he said, we need to get that girl on our show. And the next night, I got this phone call from the producers saying that David wants me to do his show. I said, child, I'm busy. You just can't pick up the phone and call me and I'm going to run down. I wanted to. But anyway, I was so excited. So three or four nights later, I went on and did his show. And I thought it was going to be the, the one time, right? After that, it was year after year after year. When you want to talk about a friend in need, a friend indeed, that was really lit up my life as far as my career was concerned because people started hiring me all over the country, you know, at Christmas time. At Christmas. But, and then they wanted me to sing Christmas, baby, please come home, even in the summertime. I said, but if I did, what would you, you wouldn't have anything to wait for. So no, I, I sing it till about January the 25th. <laughs> you have a cutoff. <laughs> and then in 2011, you were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> Bette Midler, in a glowing speech, said, No voice drove me crazier than Darlene Loves. So, I mean, you're still touring. I, you work like crazy. Uh, and I just wonder, so many people, as their singing career progresses, loses some of their range. Your voice is... Pristine. You, I mean, what do you do to keep your voice uh, in such good shape? When I'm working, I, I do what you call voice rest, vocal rest. And I tell my singers, y'all don't know what vocal rest is. It means to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and sincerely, and my husband is so used to it. He said, boy, she's on voice rest this week. <laughs> <laughs> and when my friends would call me, they go, hey, how you doing? I go, I'm fine, what? They go, oh, you're on voice rest. I say, yeah, bye. Really and truly, my life was about the show. And I wanted, my voice, yeah. I wanted my voice to be as perfect as it could be when I work. And my doctor, even, how do you take care of your throat? What right. do you do? And I tell him, he said, that's what I tell my patients. I say, well, can now I get your salary? <laughs> Uh, Darlene, are you ready for an Ask Me Another Challenge? Oh. Uh... Okay. All right. <laughs> You're going to love it. Darlene, you've collaborated with many legendary musicians, including Elvis Presley. Matter of fact, you're part of a new album, Where No One Stands Alone, inspired by Elvis's love of gospel. You met Elvis Presley, obviously, because you worked with him. What was your first meeting like? I thought that was the finest man I'd ever seen. Really? Because he was gorgeous, really. Because, see, I met him in 1968. This was before the drugs, before he had put on weight. And our communication was great because of my gospel background. So we would always, with the blossoms, when we had a break or something, they'd go, we'd put us on a 10 or 15 minutes. We'd, he'd go get his guitar, and we'd say, do you know this one? Do you know this one? When you're breaking down the stage, you know, at night after the show and everything is over, the guys hang around the piano, the band members yeah. and the girls, and we all just, and he would just sing gospel songs. So we had a ball. Yeah, it was fun. Okay, so, mm -hmm. you, so this will be very you're, easy. You're leading up to something. Yeah. I know she's leading up to something. <laughs> Your game is hey. all about Elvis Presley. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, but the answers, I'm going to give you multiple choice. Oh, okay. Okay. And if you do well enough, Jason Weiss from Chicago, Illinois, is going to win and ask me another Rubik's Cube. Okay. All right. <laughs> See how it goes. Here's your first question. Elvis's birthday is January 8th. He shares it with another famous musician. Hmm. Is it A, Conway Twitty, B, David Bowie, or C, all of Nickelback? 
Who? Yeah, exactly. You know what? I love you so much for saying that. Who do you think? Conway Twitty? David Bowie. I'll say David Bowie. Yeah, that's correct. You're kidding. Yeah. Okay. And supposedly they were fans of each other. I mean, I get it. They both, I mean, yes. they could trade clothing, kind of. Uh, you know, they both love the glittery jumpsuits. <laughs> uh, but according to a 2016 interview with Dwight Yoakam, um, six months before Elvis's death, Elvis asked David Bowie to collaborate with him on a record, but that never happened. Wow. Okay. That's kind of amazing. <laughs> All right. True or false? Elvis dyed his hair black. True. Yeah. That is true. I was there. You were there? <laughs> you, would, you would watch him dye his hair or no, you would see it? I was there. You could tell that Elvis' hair was dyed. You mean like the carpet didn't match the drapes or? <laughs> I won't get that deep. Okay. <laughs> All right. We will just stick with you were there. <laughs> okay, this is your last question. Okay. Which of these is not a real event involving Elvis impersonators? Okay. Not real. The annual Ultimate Elvis Tribute Artist Contest in Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> the Elvis Cruise. Or the Elvis Racquetball Racket, where Elvis impersonators compete in the king's favorite sport. Which one's not real? Number two. The cruise? Yeah, the, the cruise. Elvis cruise? You don't yeah. think the Elvis cruise is real? No. Oh, Darlene, the Elvis cruise is real. <laughs> How do you know? I, ha- I, I just have, <laughs> I have friends. <laughs> Actually, the king's favorite sport was racquetball, supposedly. Really? Yes, but there is, uh, there is no racquetball racket. True. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess there's a lot of money to be made with an Elvis cruise. Well, I can see that now, yeah. Have you ever cruised? Yeah. Yeah? Have, uh, I may, uh, listen, when I was down and out and they said they'd hire me on a cruise ship, I went. Yeah, and how was That's it? That's right. It was wonderful. I, my fans were excited to see me because they wanted to know why I was on a cruise ship working. I said, to make money. Yeah, right, exactly. Make a living. They needed great talent on the cruise ship because the... Yeah, of course. Y'all been on cruise ships? You know the talent that's on the ships? They needed me desperately. (laughs) I think we all need a little Darlene love. I think we all need it. So, congratulations, Darlene. You and listener Jason Weiss have both won Ask Me Another Rubik's Cubes. All right. Yeah, so Darlene Love is touring across the country. She's featured on the new album, where no one stands alone. Thank you so much, Darlene Love. Thank you. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our next game is about the periodic table of elements. Let's meet our contestants. First up, Zoe Turek. You're currently pursuing your master's in education. Hi. Hi. When you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Ed Beck. You're a product manager at a finance company. Hello. Hi. When you ring in, we'll hear this. Remember, Zoe and Ed, the first of you who wins two games, will move on to our final round. So let's go to your first game. Zoe, what's the spiciest pickup line you've uh, ever heard? Or, or maybe you've delivered yourself. I was sitting in a bar talking to this guy, and he turns around, and I was, like, looking at my phone, and he turns back and says, hey, can you hold this for a second? And I go, yeah, sure, and hold out my hand like you do to hold something. And he just slides his hand in and holds my hand. I was like, that's too soon. Yeah, we're not there yet. No, unless there's a hundred. It was only a $2 bill, so it was really weird. (laughs) Uh, Ed, what is the spiciest pickup line you've ever heard or perhaps delivered yourself? So apparently I have a lot of doppelgangers, which I never believe, but okay. I've been mistaken for, you know, a boyfriend more often than, you know, I'm generally comfortable with. So my response now is just to be like, no, I'm not your boyfriend, but I could be. Ah, so wait a second, you walk into some situation, they're like, hey, someone that is with someone all of a sudden decides you are that person. Or I'm just, I'm out too late and everyone's gotten to the point where they're just making those kind of mistakes. Oh, so. okay. 
So as you know, in relationships and in science, it's all about great chemistry. So in this game, we're going to read Tinder messages of elements on the periodic table. All you have to do is ring in and name the element that is trying to seduce you. Here we go. You up? Because I'm literally floating. I'm lighter than air. The periodic table may say I'm number two, but I won't blow up on you like hydrogen. Ed. Helium? Yeah, that's right. My favorite X-Men character is Quicksilver. My favorite Greek god is Hermes. And I'm the only elemental metal that's liquid at room temperature, so that's fun. Ed. Mercury? You got it, Mercury. People think I have a salty personality, but I really only act that way when I'm bonding with chloride. Zoe. Sodium. Sodium is correct. These guys know their elements. Yeah, I'm impressed. It's true, I love dating. Dating brachiopods, dating artifacts, but I'm ready to settle down. You could be my perfect, organic, me-based life form. Ed. Carbon? That's right. I used to say it all the time, I am done with carbon dating. But I love just saying I'm looking for a me-based life form. I think that's the underlying tone of everybody's Tinder. I mean, aren't uh, we all? Tinder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, this is your last clue. You think I'm flashy, loud, most comfortable in a tube on an electric sign in Las Vegas, but no, I'm colorless, odorless, and inert. Zoe. Neon. Neon is correct. That was a great game, both of you. You know your elements. Ed won that game, and you are one step closer to the final round. Does answering trivia about the periodic table get you out of your electron shell? Well, then you have all the elements to be a contestant on Ask Me Another. Just go to amatickets.org. Coming up, we have a brand new game called Fact Bag. I'll be pulling out facts from a bag. So stay tuned. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Stitcher Premium, featuring Weird Al Yankovic from his recent ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour, where for the first time he played just his original songs. Enjoy 77 performances, each unique with a different set list, professionally mixed and mastered, and including Al's impromptu stage banter. Listen to Weird Al Yankovic now on Stitcher Premium. For a free month of Stitcher Premium, go to stitcherpremium.com slash weirdal and use the promo code ANOTHER. Hey there, podcast listeners. Won't you join us for a live taping of Ask Me Another at the Bell House on Monday, July 23rd? Because our special guest is Jessica Walter, a.k.a. Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development. Info at amatickets.org. This is Peter Sagal. When we began Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we dreamed that our rude jokes would be, in the end, the appropriate way to talk about the news. And look... It happened. Listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on the NPR One app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Zoe and Ed. Next, we have a game about bands with names so short, getting them tattooed on your neck won't even hurt. Yeah, unlike my Lady Smith Black Bombazo tattoo. Let's check in with our contestants. Zoe, so you're also a teacher's assistant at a kindergarten. This past year I was, yes. Okay, so what kind of problem solving are you doing with children of that age? Oh boy, well, they're in a stage where they're learning a lot, and one of the things that we had to teach them is don't go poop in the sink. I had, I had a student come into the classroom, and uh, he said, I want poop in the sink. Not knowing what to do, I just said, okay, show me. So we walked to the bathroom, and, and yeah, there it was. And the rest of the day, I spent puzzling, how did he get up there to do that? How did he that? get up there? How did he get, it's a tall sink. Right, right, okay, very good. Uh, Ed, you were part of a fraternity in college, and you were in charge of feeding everyone. Yes. Okay. Full so time. How many people are you feeding? 
Uh, on a slow day, there's only us in the yeah. house. It's like 25. On the roughest day, it was like 150 people. So what are you making? Uh, the biggest meal I ever made was a hundred pounds of General Tso's chicken, which was like, it was like a point of pride because we made our own sauce and own lo mein and all that. And yeah. Confections, any desserts? Bourbon pound cake is the number one dessert. <laughs> yeah, so sounds about right. That's been requested a lot. Um, How many bottles of bourbon go into a pound cake for 150 people? Two bottles and then a third for the kitchen staff to keep them complacent. <laughs> yeah, just to so. keep cooking. So this is a music parody game called Literal One Named Bands. Ed, you won the last game, so you win this, and you are in the final round. Zoe, you need to win this, or at the next concert you go to, you have to stand beside the girl who sings with her eyes closed. <laughs> That's you? That's me. That's, That's you. Often, okay. often me. All right, well you, well, you get to stand beside yourself, which is kind of odd and wonderful. In this game, every answer is a band whose name is just one word. Ring in and name the band that most famously performed the song that I'm singing. We have changed the lyrics of each song to be about the literal definition of each band's name. For example, if I sang Smells Like Teen Spirit with lyrics changed to be about a transcendent state in Buddhism, you would answer Nirvana. Get it? Got it. Okay. Yep. Here we go. My baby just up and dumped because I've been rejected by this whole damn town. I'm an outsider, I am a pariah, I will never live this down. Ed. Outcast. Outcast is correct, that's hey y'all. So many mistakes here. Just remove these. Use the tip of your pen. So please. You guys are both making faces like you ate something I know. bad. <laughs> oh, Zoe. You talked about pencils, so I'm just going to go ahead and say lead. Okay, okay. That's yeah, a good guess. Yeah, that's, that's a good, good guess. guess. <laughs> Ed, can you steal? Is it erasure? Yeah. It is erasure. That's correct. Yep. Tonight, we will play. We'll feel joyful and delighted. We're so excited. We say yeah. Oh, Zoe wanted to Zoe ring in Zoe was very excited. But it's Ed's buzzer. Ed, do you know the answer? Fun? Fun, Fun. is correct, yeah. Zoe, you love that song? I've seen them live also, so I felt like I had to get that one or else they're going to hate me and I'm just, I'm sorry, fun. I don't think they listen to this show, so I think you're in it for A girl can dream. You can hate me for stealing that one. Do you like car commercials? Uh, see, that's like the new... That's the new like, fun? I don't like know their old, the old stuff? Fair enough, the fair old enough. Fun. The old, really? The old the... fun was better. <laughs> you know what? Controversial That opinion. is kind of the slogan of my entire yeah, life. Tell me about it. <laughs> Here we go. Sundays with you. We're working off the crossword stuck on a clue. Three letters for inspiration out of the blue. We both get it and we say this out loud. Zoe. Aha. Aha. That's right. Yo, antique lovers at the road show Got some jewelry to show you And it might be worth some dough It's a necklace, an oval, and a portrait too That's been carved upon a background That's a different hue The song is Word Up. The name of the band also refers to an actor making a guest appearance. Zoe. Cameo. Yeah, cameo. They got a bicameral thing making laws in the UK. House of Lords and House of Commons have their say. They're in the know. The Queen is just for show. Oh, they're in the know. The Queen's just for show. Ed. 
Parliament? Parliament, that's right. <laughs> a pit trench or abyss, like the middle part of a wreath, a gap or a fist, or a cavity in your teeth. This is a hollow place, a hollow place. There's nothing here. This is an empty space, an empty space. There's nothing here. Ed. Hole? Yeah. This is your last clue. Need water. This desert's only getting hotter. But don't be distraught. There's a fertile spot. Zoe. Oasis. Oasis, that's right. All right, well done, both of you. Ed won that game, which means, Ed, you are going to our final round. While Liz and Ed get ready for our final round, it's time for us to play a game. This is called Fact Bag. I have a bag full of trivia questions. Uh huh. Jonathan and I, have we ever seen this bag before? I've seen the bag before, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you've never seen the trivia questions in it. No. So we have questions that are written on an envelope. I'm going to read a question. Uh, Jonathan and I will discuss them. We don't know what the answer is, and then we're going to open up the envelope and uh, find out the real answer. Okay, so here's the first one. According to the Smithsonian National Zoo, RuPaul's Griffin Vulture. RuPaul's Griffin Vulture? <laughs> yep. It's R-U-P-P-E-L-L with, with an umlaut over the U. Oh, sure. RuPaul's... RuPaul. <laughs> it's RuPaul's Griffin Vulture. Uh-huh. Holds what superlative for birds? Most beautiful. Most beautiful. It's superlative in the, in the area of birds or in the area of vultures? In the area of, for birds. Ooh, for birds. For all birds. For all birds. Yeah. Of all the birds, RuPaul's Vulture... Is the most something. It's the best-dressed... Yeah, could be. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, other that, it's either that or lip syncer. Yeah, could be lip syncer. Okay, All right, let's, let's see. see. Okay. Oh, RuPaul's Griffin vulture is the world's highest flying bird. Mm. These African vultures have been known to fly thirty-six thousand feet. That's almost seven miles. That's too high. I uh, too high. That's above dangerous. Sea level. <laughs> Scientists know this because one of them was sucked into an engine of a plane. Ugh. Flying at 36,100 feet above sea level. Something else I got to worry about. (laughs) Come on. Come on, birds. Stay low so you don't get sucked into engines. (laughs) They stay high up in the air for six or seven hours at a time looking for food. Well, they're not going to find it up there. (laughs) And what... and no one told them they don't have food on the airplanes anymore. They, <laughs> right. There's no food there. That's right. You gotta get upgraded. You get nothing. Let's get another fact for the fact bag. All right. How about this one? In 2017, mm-hmm. that was a, a very long recent. time ago, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, CBC, the CBC. Thank you. Yeah. Officially retired the system it used to deliver paper mail throughout its office. <laughs> what was the system? They finally retired some antiquated system a year ago. Uh, um, it was Capuchin a... monkeys. <laughs> I was going to call it interns. This is a story about something that happened in Canada. You're from Canada. Yeah. How is mail delivered in Canada? Usually, you know, there's a couple different ways. It could come via beaver. It could come... Beavers, yeah. There's a maple syrup stream that carries letters. Uh, a mail robot? What, what, what are you saying? I'm saying they've had robots delivering mail for a long time. When I was a kid, I used to go to my dad's office yeah. at the Aetna, which is an insurance company in Connecticut. <laughs> Your story is totally checking this out. This is the 70s, and they had a, they had a robot that would yeah. deliver the mail. Okay, so wait a second. I mean, it if... didn't walk and talk. It was a, no, it wasn't like it. It you was would like your mail. <laughs> uh, how about this? It retired the robot, and now it's going back to people. What do you think of that? Opening up the envelope, and the answer is... The CBC delivered mail using robots called Mailmobiles, mm-hmm. and they stopped doing that 
They were meant to save money on labor, but would frequently bump into people or block their paths. We no, should have done capuchin monkeys all along. Beavers are now delivering the mail. <laughs> all right, all right. Last, last fact bag. At the U.S. Open tennis tournament, different balls are used in men's and women's matches. Sure. What's the main difference between the men's balls and the women's balls? Uh, I'll let you go first. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I should say anything about this situation. Well, listen, they're both going to be fuzzy. Fuzzy. <laughs> fuzzy balls. I would say uh, probably the, it's a different size situation. Right. I think just like in life... The women's balls are bigger. <laughs> All right, let's same see. Same fuzziness, though. Sa- same amount of fuzz. Nope, we were wrong. Oh, we're wrong? <laughs> Men's balls are fuzzier. <laughs> what? Why? At the U.S. Open, the felt on the men's balls is more rugged, and it is called well, yeah. ex- it's called extra duty. Extra duty. The extra felt slows the ball down. Uh-huh. The felt on the women's and mixed doubles balls is regular duty, which results in faster play. I'm going to say right now, men and women should have the same fuzzy balls. <laughs> this has gone on long enough. Weird, weird situation all You know around. what? I feel like fact bag gives and fact bag takes. It's <laughs> pretty good. All right, our fact bag is empty. Give it up for fact bag. Thanks, fact bag. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalists, Liz Allen, who caught a known warlock shoplifting. And Ed Beck, who is not your boyfriend, but he could be. Liz, Ed, your final round is called The Danza. On the TV show Taxi, Tony Danza played a character named Tony Banta. There are many television shows where actors play characters with their own first name, but a fictional last name. So in this final round, I'm going to give you the name of a TV show, followed by the fictional last name of a character on that show. You tell me the full name of the actor who had the same first name as the character he or she plays. For example, if I gave you the TV show Taxi and the fictional last name Banta, you'd answer Tony Danza who played the character, Tony Banta. Easiest one ever. Okay, and our big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Darlene Love. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage, and Liz is going first. Liz, the show is Ellen. The character's last name is Morgan. Who played her? Is it Ellen DeGeneres? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I've never seen that show. <laughs> Ed, the show is Reba. The character's last name is Hart. Who played her? Uh, Reba McIntyre. Correct. Liz, 30 Rock, Jordan. Tracy Morgan. Correct. Ed, Home Improvement, Taylor. Uh, Tim Allen. That is correct. Liz, everybody loves Raymond Barone. Raymond Romano. That's correct. (laughs) Ed, I love Lucy Ricardo. Three seconds. You're going to kill me. We were looking for Lucille Ball. Sorry. (laughs) Doing great. Liz, sister, sister. Landry. Is it Tamara? I don't know. Okay, we were looking for Tia Maori. Yeah. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Ed, Keenan and Kel, Rockmore. Keenan Thompson? That is correct. We're at the halfway point, and the score is tied. Liz, Bob's Burgers, Belcher. Tina Fey? I'm sorry, that was a good guess, but incorrect. We were looking for Eugene Merman, who is Gene Belcher. Full name is Eugene Belcher. Ed, The Mindy Project, Lahiri. Uh, Mindy Kaling? Correct. Liz, Sybil Sheridan. 
Three seconds. Mm, Sybil Brown. You <laughs> <laughs> sure there is a Sybil Brown? We're looking for Sybil Shepherd. Ed, the nanny, fine. Uh, Fran Drescher? Fran Drescher is correct. Okay, here's the situation. Ed is in the lead, five to three. Liz, if you get this question wrong, Ed wins. Cheers, Boyd. Oh, boy. Three seconds. <laughs> Fraser Crane. <laughs> Good guess. One of my favorites. Uh, we were looking for Woody Harrelson, who was Woody Boyd on Cheers. Well done. Great, great contestant. Thank, Thank you so much, Liz. <laughs> And congratulations, Ed. You're our big winner. That's our show. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to Thou Jolt a Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Madeline Kaplan, Ruth Morrison, Camila Salazar, and senior writers Karen Lurie and J. Keith Van Stratton, with additional material by Will Hines and Emily Winter. Our acting senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal. Ask Me Another is produced by Sylvie Douglas, Mike Katzev, Travis Larchuk, Kiara Powell, Denny Shin, Ramel Wood, and our intern Georgia Wright, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Rick Kwan, and David Hurtkin. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, the Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, happy to hear you're still listening. And since you're still here, why not pop over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review? We love to hear from you and it helps others find out about our show. For additional information about new episodes, upcoming live shows, road shows, and bonus games, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks. Next time on Ask Me Another, we're joined by actor Lola Kirk from the Amazon series Mozart in the Jungle. She talks about the challenges of pretending to play the oboe. I guess you can't see it on the radio, but like you literally go like that. <laughs> Right. And then you like blow out your cheeks. So join me, Ophira Eisberg, on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. <laughs>